Everyone, something crazy is happening. Chip went down to our beverage shop here at the church, and he has come up with an A&W Zero Sugar and a Pepsi Zero Sugar, and he has told me to take my pick. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick, but we're not going to tell you what I pick. And gonna, they have to guess on tell social me? media. Oh. No, I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. You'll close, know. Yeah, close my eyes. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to pick this. Okay. And Chip, you can have this. Thank you. And here, before you do all that, I'm going to open mine. So remember, the choices here are A&W Zero Sugar and a Pepsi Zero Sugar. I'm going to open mine as your clue to what I've picked. Okay. And Chip will open his as your clue to what he has picked. Okay, so now you give us your best guesses. Did I pick the A&W Zero Sugar or the Pepsi Zero Sugar? Oh, quick addendum. Mike Miles, you're not allowed to guess. Okay. Because Mike Miles sees our trash cans. Very good. Okay, anyway, welcome back to Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. That's us. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is. Okay, good. That's how that goes now. Eric, today we're going to read Second Chronicles chapter something. Is that right? No, no. that can't be right. <laughs> this is live. Yeah, it's this, right? On this page? Yeah. So is that what I just showed you? I don't think so. Oh, then we're way down here. I didn't mark it. No, you didn't mark it. Neither did I. But we're in the next one. This one? Yep. Welcome back to Chip and Eric, two semi-ordinary pastors. That's us. Reading an extraordinary book. That's this. To some amazing and incredible people. That is you. With very gifted ears for being able to hear what soda we were drinking. And yeah. today is... Second Chronicles, chapter 21 through 24. This is day number... 136, 137, 138, 139. That makes perfect sense to me. Second Chronicles chapter 21 through chapter 24. I love that. Okay. When Jehoshaphat died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. He did. I'm just going to make sure we're ending at the right spot. Jehoram's here. brothers, the other sons of Jehoshaphat, were Azariah, Jehiel, Zechariah, Azariah, who, Michael, Shephatiah, and, oh, and Shephatiah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. Their father was given, had given them, each of them, valuable gifts of silver, gold, and costly items, and also some of Judah's fortified towns. However, he designated Jehoram as the next king because he was the oldest. But when Jehoram had become solidly established as king, he killed all his brothers and some of the other leaders of Judah. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. But Jehoram followed the example of the kings of Israel and was as wicked as King Ahab, for he married one of Ahab's daughters. So Jehoram did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But the Lord did not want to destroy David's dynasty, for he had made a covenant with David and had promised that his descendants would continue to rule, shining like a lamp forever. 
During Jehoram's reign, the Edomites revolted against Judah and crowned their own king. So Jehoram went out with his full army and all the chariots. The Edomites surrounded him and his chariot commanders, but he went out at night and attacked them under the cover of darkness. Even so, Edom had been independent from Ju- Edom has been independent from Judah to this day. The town of Libna also revolted about that same time. All this happened because Jehoram had abandoned the Lord, the God of his ancestors. He had built pagan shrines in the hill country of Judah and had led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to give themselves away to pagan gods and to go astray. Then Elijah the prophet wrote Jehoram this letter. This is what the Lord, the God of your ancestor David, says. You have not followed the good example of your father Jehoshaphat or your grandfather King Asa of Judah. Instead, you have been as evil as the kings of Israel. You have led the people of Jerusalem and Judah to worship idols just as King Ahab did in Israel. And you have even killed your own brothers, men who were better than you. So now the Lord is about to strike you, your people, your children. Your wives and all that is yours with a heavy blow. You yourself will suffer with a severe intestinal disease that will get worse each day until your bowels come out. Ooh. Yeah. Well, then the Lord stirred up the Philistines and the Arabs who lived near the Ethiopians to attack Jehoram. They marched against Judah, broke down its defenses, and carried away everything of value in the royal palace, including the king's sons and his wives. Only his youngest son, Ahaziah, was spared. After all this, the Lord struck down Jehoram with an incurable intestinal disease. The disease grew worse and worse, and at the end of two years, it caused his bowels to come out, and he died in agony. His people did not build a great funeral fire fire to honor him as they had done for his ancestors. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem eight years. No one was sorry when he died. They buried him in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery. That's pathetic. Yeah. Well, then the people of Jerusalem made Ahaziah, Jehoram's youngest son, their next king, since the marauding bands who came with the Arabs had killed all the older sons. So Ahaziah, son of Jehoram, reigned as king of Judah. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem one year. His mother was Athaliah, a granddaughter of King Omri. Ahaziah also followed the evil example of King Ahab's family, for his mother encouraged him in doing wrong. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as Ahab's family had done. They even became his advisors after the death of his father, and they led him to ruin. Following their evil advice, Ahaziah joined Joram, the king of the son of King Ahab of Israel, in his war against King Hazael of Aram at Ramoth Gilead. When the Arameans wounded Joram in the battle, he returned to Jezreel to recover from the wounds he had received at Ramoth. Because Joram was wounded, King Ahaziah of Judah went to Jezreel to visit him. But God had decided that this visit would be Ahaziah's downfall. While he was there, Ahaziah went out with Joram to meet Jehu, son of Nimshi, oh, sorry, grandson of Nimshi, whom the Lord had appointed to destroy the dynasty of Ahab. While Jehu was executing judgment against the family of Ahab, he happened to meet some of Judah's officials and Ahaziah's relatives who were traveling with Ahaziah. So Jehu killed them all. Then Jehu's men searched for Ahaziah, while they fa- and, and they found him hiding in the city of Samaria. They brought him to Jehu, who killed him. Ahaziah was given a decent burial because the people said he was the grandson of Jehoshaphat, a man who sought the Lord with all his heart. But none of the surviving members of Ahaziah's family was capable of ruling the kingdom. When Athaliah, the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of Judah's royal family. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehoshaphat, 
the daughter of King Jehoram, took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children, who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom. In this way, Jehoshaphat, wife of Jehoiada, the priest and sister of Ahaziah, hid the child so that Athaliah could not murder him. Joash remained hidden in the temple of God for six years while Athaliah ruled over the land. In the seventh year of Athaliah's reign, Jehoiada, the priest, decided to act. He summoned his courage and made a pact with five army commanders, Azariah, son of Jerorham, Ishmael, son of Jehahanan, Azariah, son of Obed, Messiah, son of Adiah, and Elishaphat, son of Zikri. These men traveled secretly throughout Judah, and they summoned the Levites and the clan leaders and all the towns to come to Jerusalem. They all gathered at the temple of God, where they made a solemn pact with Joash, the young king. Jehoiada said to them, Here is the king's son. The time has come for him to reign. The Lord has promised that a descendant of David will be our king. This is what you must do. When your priest and Levites come on duty on the Sabbath, a third of you will serve as gatekeepers. Another third will go to the royal palace. Then the final third will be at the foundation gate. Everyone else should stay in the courtyards of the Lord's temple. Remember, only the priests and the Levites on duty may enter the temple of the Lord, for they are set apart as holy. The rest of the people must obey the Lord's instructions and stay outside. You Levites form a bodyguard around the king and keep your weapons in hand. Kill anyone who tries to enter the temple. Stay with the king wherever he goes. So the Levites and all the people of Judah did everything as Jehoiada the priest ordered. The commanders took charge of the men reporting for duty that Sabbath, as well as those who were going off duty. Jehoiada the priest did not let anyone go home after their shift ended. Then Jehoiada supplied the commanders with the spears and the large and small shields that had once belonged to King David and were stored in the temple of God. He stationed all the people around the king with their weapons ready. They formed a line from the south side of the temple around to the north side and all around the altar. Then Jehoiada and his sons brought out Joash, the king's son, placed a crown on his head, and presented him with a copy of God's laws. They anointed him and proclaimed him king, and everyone shouted, Long live the king! When Athaliah heard the noise of the people running and the shouts of the praise to the king, she hurried to the Lord's temple to see what was happening. When she arrived, she saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the pillar at the temple entrance. The commanders and trumpeters were surrounding him, and people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. Singing, singers with musical instruments were leading the people in a great celebration. When Athaliah saw all this, she tore her clothes in despair and shouted, Treason! Treason! Then Jehoiada, the priest, ordered the commanders who were in charge of the, tro the troops saying, Take her to the soldiers in front of the temple and kill anyone who tries to rescue her. For the priest had said, She must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her and let her out to, be, to the entrance of the horse gate on the palace grounds, and they killed her there. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between himself and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. And all the people, they went over to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They demolished the altars and smashed the idols, and they killed Matan, the priest in Baal, in front of the altars, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Jehoiada now put the priest and Levites in charge of the temple of the Lord, following all the directions given by David. He also commanded them to present burnt offerings to the Lord, as prescribed by the law of Moses, and to sing and rejoice as David had instructed. He also stationed gatekeepers at the gates of the Lord's temple to keep out those who, for any reason, were ceremonially unclean. 
Then the commanders, nobles, rulers, and all the people of the land escorted the king from the temple of the Lord. They went through the upper gate and into the palace, and they seated the king on the royal throne. So all the people of the land rejoiced, and the city was peaceful, because Athaliah had been killed. Joash was seven years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem forty years. His mother was Zibiah from Beersheba. Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehoiada, the priest. Jehoiada chose two wives for Joash, and he had sons and daughters. At one point, Joash decided to repair and restore the temple of the Lord. He summoned the priests and Levites and gave them these instructions. Go to all the towns of Judah and collect the required annual offerings so that we can repair the temple of your God. Do not delay. But the Levites did not act immediately. So the king called for Jehoiada, the high priest, and asked him, Why haven't you demanded that the Levites go out and collect the temple taxes from the towns of Judah and from Jerusalem? Moses, the servant of the Lord, levied this tax on the community of Israel in order to maintain the tabernacle of the covenant. Over the years, the followers of wicked Athaliah had broken into the temple of God, and they had used all the dedicated things from the temple of the Lord to worship the images of Baal. So now the king ordered a chest to be made and set outside the gate leading to the temple of the Lord. Then a proclamation was sent throughout Judah and Jerusalem, telling the people to bring to the Lord the tax that Moses, the servant of God, had required of the Israelites in the wilderness. This pleased all the leaders and the people, and they gladly brought their money and filled the chest with it. Whenever the chest became full, the Levites would carry it to the king's officials. Then the court secretary, an officer of the high priest, would come and empty the chest and take it back to the temple again. This went on day after day, and a large amount of money was collected. The king and Jehoiada gave the money to the construction supervisors, who hired masons and carpenters to restore the temple of the Lord. They also hired metal workers, who made articles of iron and bronze from the Lord's, for the Lord's temple. The men in charge of the renovation worked hard, and they made steady progress. They restored the temple of God according to its original design and strengthened it. When all the repairs were finished, they brought their remaining money to the king and Jehoiada. It was used to make various articles for the temple of the Lord, articles for worshiping services, for worship services and for burnt offerings, including ladles and other articles made of gold and silver. And the burnt offerings were sacrificed continually in the temple of the Lord during the lifetime of Jehoiada the priest. Jehoiada lived to a very old age, finally dying at 130. Oh, man. He was buried among the kings of the city of David because he had done so much good in Israel for God and his temple. But after Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed before King Joash and persuaded him to listen to their advice. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they worshipped Asherah poles and idols instead. Because of this sin, divine anger fell on Judah and Jerusalem. Yet the Lord sent prophets to bring them back. The prophets warned them, but still the people would not listen. Then the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, son of Jehoiada the priest. He stood before the people and said, This is what God says. Why do you disobey the Lord's commands and keep yourselves from prospering? You have abandoned the Lord, and now he has abandoned you. Then the leaders plotted to kill Zechariah, and King Joash ordered that they stone him to death in the courtyard of the Lord's temple. That was how King Joash repaid Jehoiada for his loyalty, by killing his son. Zechariah's last words as he died were, May the Lord see what they are doing and avenge my death. In the spring of the year, the Aramean army marched against Joash. They invaded Judah and Jerusalem and killed all the leaders of the nation. Then they sent all the plunder back to their king uh, in Damascus. Although the Arameans attacked with only a small army, the Lord helped them conquer the much larger army of Judah. The people of Judah abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, so judgment was carried out against Joash. The Arameans withdrew, leaving Joash severely wounded. 
but his own officials plotted to kill him for murdering the son of Jehoiada the priest. They assassinated him as they lay in bed, as he lay in bed. Then he was buried in the city of David, but not in the royal cemetery. The assassins were Jazakar, the son of an Ammonite woman named mm. Shimeath, and Jehazabad, the son of a Moabite woman named Shomer. The account of the sons of Joash, the prophecies about him, and the record of his restoration of the temple of God are written in the commentary on the book of the kings. His son Amaziah became the next king. Yikes. And that is the end of our reading today. There's a today. lot going on in there. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. <sighs> crazy stuff. a lot stuff. of stuff happening in there. Crazy, crazy. So we read that mess of craziness, that web of insanity. Mm-hmm, we did. With two questions in mind. Mm-hmm. Those questions were, what does this tell us about God, and what does this tell us about us? Okay. So, Chip, what does yeah. this tell us about God? Okay, I'll tell you. Okay, go ahead. I asked. Um, this tells me that God, God cares about who we follow. God cares about who we follow because... Um, who we follow in many cases determines what we do and uh, what we do is very important to God it's either for him or against him and so we see that throughout all this you know in Chronicles about the kings um, who we follow is very important and those who followed the good example for the most part did good things Mm -hmm. those who followed the bad example like of Ahab and other bad people did very bad things and so who we follow is very important to God because who we follow determines what we do, and God cares about what we do. You got that right, and I was going to say almost the same thing. I was going to say, even as leaders, it is important for us to have the right people pouring into us. Um, yeah. We saw that with Rehoboam, yeah. you know, and we see that here. Uh, Joash was seven years old when he became king. Joash did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight throughout the lifetime of Jehoiada the priest. Mm-hmm. And the moment that voice was gone, yep, yep, and I, I, that's amazing that we went to the same place mm-hmm. because, you know, then we see uh, King Jo... Uh, yeah. yeah, after Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed before King Joash. They bowed. They bowed, Chip. And they persuaded him. And then they persuaded him to listen to them. They mm-hmm. came and they bowed and they kissed the ring and they stroked the ego... And then everything went off the rails because Sweet. he followed the wrong people. He forgot. He forgot his foundation. He forgot everything. And then he goes as far as killing the guy who cared for him, who preserved his life and protected him for those years that he was in the temple and then brings him out and puts him on the throne. Yeah. And it's just crazy. Crazy to me. Yeah. Imagine this guy being your dad from seven years old until... Mm. You know, whenever he died, and then, <laughs> yeah, and then there you are, right, killing his son, basically a guy that should have been like a brother to you. Yeah, it's crazy. So yes, it's crazy. Who you know, even as a leader, if you've been entrusted with power, maybe even more importantly, as a leader, having the right people pour into your life is crucial, and God very much cares about that. He does. Yeah, yeah. So I guess the takeaway is. Uh, evaluate who they are right now yes. in your life. Yep. And if you don't have any, ask God to bring the right people and always match them up with his will, his way, his path, and his plan of yep. his word uh, by the Holy Spirit. And um, yeah, make sure you follow the right ones. And if you've got bad people pouring into your life right now, you basically have two options. 
one of them is rather easy, and it's that one, one that Chip just mimed. You cut them off. Yeah. You get rid of them. And that's easy and that's safe, and that is, in many cases, the right thing to do. And then there's the other one where instead of being influenced, you become an influencer um, through the gospel, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is much harder and not always the right answer. Honestly, it's not always the right answer for you to turn around and try to get a person who has been pulling you down the wrong road because they might not ever listen. And then you've just got, you're just dragging. And you can still love them and pray for them and want the best for them. But in some cases, it's just better to cut ties completely. So, uh, yeah, I agree. Evaluate who's pouring into your life right now, who's speaking and having influence in your life right now. Get rid of the bad ones, whether that's by becoming the influencer or getting rid of them, and then embrace the good ones and go after more of that, get more of that, meet with them, talk with them, hear from them, and actually listen to what they have to say and the wisdom that they speak into your life and pray for God to send you more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here's the thing. If you cut ties now, it doesn't mean God can't use you in their life later. Oh, absolutely. It just needs there needs to be a break for whatever reason. Yeah. And um, he can use you or somebody else that will step into that role. So That's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Good. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Great stuff. You're welcome. Great no soda. At all. Great you. people. Yeah, don't forget, there's two things. Social media, tell us which sodas we drink, whether it was A&W Zero Sugar or Pepsi Zero Sugar. It's one of each. And then also make sure that you go through on social media and give boos and yays for these kings that we read about today. Very important. Yeah, very important. But anyway, we're out of here. Eric, you have a great day today. I fully intend to. Good. But not because you told me to. Oh, you better. All right. Fine, I will. Thanks. All right, see you guys. Bye.